0: Thank you for being here. Um, my name's Tom. I'm the senior pastor here. I haven't seen you since last year. <laughs> um, if you were with us on Christmas, you, you watched and slowly witnessed my voice deteriorating to nothing um, over the four services, and then I proceeded to totally lose my voice for two and a half weeks, um, and just kind of giving you a warning shot. If you'd have heard me on Monday, you're like, "No, not a chance." That guy's talking on Sunday, um, but here we are. So, Justin's monitoring the, the, all, you know, the, the levels of the microphone and all that. So, um, yeah, three weeks of, you know, when speaking is kind of a part of your job. Um, it's a big deal. But fortunately, I had already scheduled those two. We had two Sundays where I wasn't talking, anyways. So that was nice. So thank you to Nate and to Justin for, for starting this series off. And, um, you know, when we wrote uh, kind of the, the background of soul detox, what I wanted it to be about was what are some things as we start the new year that we need to lose? And we can very quickly. Everybody says, you know, I need to lose weight, I need to lose some bad habits. Um, and the most common date for everybody to abandon their New Year's resolution um, is coming up. So uh, January 18th um, is right around when everybody says, that was a really fun 18 days. Um, I am going to, it was a valiant try, maybe next year. Um, and so that's kind of the funny part about resolutions but what are some things that your soul needs to lose in order for us to get closer to God? You know, uh, because the next series we're going to talk about, you know, building habits, building disciplines, and before we add anything else on, we need to lose some things. You know, maybe we need to lose some. Oh, this is kind of a spoiler for the next couple of weeks. Maybe there's some people that we need to lose. Um, In our lives Maybe there is some um, Habits that we've acquired over the year That is not beneficial to our Spiritual life So There are many things to do And what I'm going to talk about Today is Losing Or detoxing our, our soul Of being discontent because I think it's, it's very important for us to understand uh, graciousness and, and contentment and joy. But far too often, we allow our circumstances to dictate our contentment. So I want to start here. What are some things in your life that you as a child thought, if I could only get this, or I can't wait until I have this. Maybe it was a car. Maybe, you know, I don't care what it is. It just needs to move me away from my house. Okay? I don't care. Or maybe it was an apartment, your home, a job, a family, and what if right now you have those things that you dreamed about as a child? Are you taking the opportunity to say, I'm living a life that I dreamed of? Because what happens is, life and circumstances, there's always the next thing. And we never pause long enough to say, hey, hold on. This is a dream come true. This is something that that I always wished that I wanted, and yeah, it's not perfect. I think back. One of my major goals was when I got out of college to get my first apartment. I did not want to go back home. There's a lot of stuff happening in my life at that point. Well, actually, I didn't have a home. My mother had passed already, and my dad was not in a position to absorb me, and so it was. A opportunity for me to find a place. Now, can give you a little insight of where I lived. With this was early two thousands, with utilities, and the threat of your car being broken into about once a week. Um, it was about two hundred and seventy five dollars a month, and I think about that place. And the kind of the cast of characters that were there. Um, when Lindsay and I first started dating, she didn't really know, um, you know, kind of how dumpy it was. And one morning she, you know, went, or no, when was it? When we went to go to get dinner, we went out to her car, this awesome little Ford Escort, um, and the radio was gone. That's back when that was a really big deal. I had lived without a radio for quite a while um, because it just kept getting stolen. But I loved this apartment because this apartment was, was all I could afford, but it was freedom. It was my first place. There was a lady next door, yelled a lot. Um one of my favorites was, a kid must have gotten in trouble at school. And I remember the line was, where did you bleeping hear that word? This is through the walls. You know, the walls were, you know, this thick. And I'm just going, I know where. (laughs) You say that all the time. A lot of people in and out. A lot of and now, today, I would not allow my daughter to live there, but it was mine. I was living that, that dream. And, but sometimes we allow these circumstances to happen, you know, that will affect our contentment. This, this morning, I was a little late to the church um, because I went out to the garage, hit the garage door button, Nothing. The door wouldn't move. It, it always does this when you need it the most. Not in the middle of summer where it's not that annoying, you go out, you just lift it manually, but when it's negative, whatever, my garage door says, we're done. That, I was not very happy with my life circumstances at that point. But I get to have a garage. I get to have a car that started, I get to have a home, and we can so fastly move through our day that we don't pause long enough to acknowledge, I dreamed of this. It might not be perfect, I'm going to have to figure out the garage thing when I get home, but I still get to have that. Paul talked about this when he was um, giving his final charges to his protege, Timothy. And Paul is nearing the end of his life and recognizing that he needed to kind of give some warnings, give some encouragement. And he was writing this in in 1 Timothy 6. Um, Let's start in verse 6. And he says to them, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. We've got to Go back to verse 6. Godliness with contentment. <clears throat> Paul is recognizing here that he, Timothy is getting ready to enter a world of a nomadic ministry. Um, he's going to be persecuted. He's going to lose some things. He's going to gain some things. Um, but if you have God, you will have contentment. And, he, and in verse 7, he says, But you know what? We came into the world with nothing. We're going to leave the world with nothing. Now, I've been in many rooms where somebody's getting ready to exit. And that's a tough room to walk in on. I've been in rooms of Believers and non-believers, those are two entirely different rooms. I've been in rooms of the great matriarch of the family, who's getting ready to go meet Jesus. And it's not happy, but it's content. It's time. It's a see you see later type thing. I've been in rooms of tragedy, where it's far too soon. But with God, they know where they are going. Because at the end, and we're, we're all going to have, nobody likes to talk about this, we're all going to have a bedside. We're, we're all going to be, at that moment, at a bed the family gathers what do you want it to be about because you get to build that now like you get to put in the work now what do you want that bedside to be about do you want it to be a joyous occasion it's not kind of hard to pull off but there is contentment, though, of, I did it. I, I, I ran the race. I lived my life. Now I get to go be with Jesus. I'll see you in a few minutes. And he says, Paul continues, but if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Now those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. The world will sell you that this thing, this possession, this next house, this next job, this next career, that, that will you will find contentment there. And you might for a little while, but it will eventually... Fail you. I, um, leave this up for me, Uh, in November, December, went through the experience of getting a new phone. And it's an experience. Nothing was wrong with my old phone, but Apple, in a grand conspiracy that you cannot take me off of, once my contract was up, my battery, shockingly, started to fail. So much so that um, you had to have it plugged in all the time. And that's not a very convenient thing. So I was forced. I didn't drop it. I, I'm very upset. I didn't drop it. I didn't do anything wrong with it. It was always in a case. I didn't even know what color it was. It was gray. And, but I had to go get a phone. And here's the, the shocker. I went from, I think it was an iPhone 10 or whatever, it was three years ago, to a 14. Nothing's different. It it might be an eighth of a second faster, but it's the same thing. Yet I was promised titanium happiness, right? that's the newest whatever the newest next thing but really in reality it's the same it does the same thing now that was my experience and sometimes you just have to go through that you have to upgrade you have to do that but people are constantly like the scripture trying to find fulfillment security in things but also in in people in causes, in politicians, and all of those things will fail. And he goes on, he says, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And this is the verse that kind of gets the publicity, because it's where you place your security and your hope. There's nothing wrong with wealth, but it's the issue of the pursuing of it. And putting God to the side and saying, I'm going to pursue money over God. Uh, When Nate was preaching a few weekends ago, he was in the book of Philippians, which is my my favorite letter. I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but that's mine. And for a variety of reasons... um, it's the text that I chose to translate in seminary. Um, it's the text, it's, it's the book that my father, when he finally got clean um, and he was dying of, of, of lung cancer, you know, I had the opportunity. We, we took him to Florida because it was cold. I can't remember when he died, but it was cold. And, and uh, we were on a pier. And I said, Hey, what do you want? me to talk about your funeral. Kind of a weird thing, but it was the first funeral I ever did it was my dad's. And he said Philippians, do Philippians. Okay. And so that's one of my kind of background reasons for for loving it. But in Philippians 4, Paul is writing this from prison. And he's been in prison, house arrest, freedom, prison, house arrest, freedom. And in Philippians uh, 4, verse 10, they they just sent him a gift. And he says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have a plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Let's go back to verse 12. I have learned the secret of being content. What's the secret? That... Let's take a step back. What has Paul lost? That to anybody from the outside, you would say, I wouldn't be content in the circumstances that he has found himself in. He's writing this from prison. And he is telling them, I know a secret. Paul has lost reputation. He's lost a career. Uh, He was lined up. If anybody was set up to be powerful and wealthy within the the system of the Pharisees, it's Paul. Learned from the right rabbis, was in the right uh, schools. They trusted him to be a a persecutor, to to be one who would hunt blasphemy. It was an important job. And on the road to Damascus, he meets Jesus and gives it all away. And his life starts totally... Totally over Now he needs to be taken in By a persecuted group Who do not trust him at the beginning He has a lot to prove That he is An actual believer He's lost His reputation Because now he is with those people His friends Probably a few relationships along the way He will die as a martyr. And he says, I know what it is to be in need. That isn't hyperbole. He knows. He's had everything. And I know what it is to have plenty. But I've learned a secret of being content in any and every situation. When I think of this, I think about, you know the things in, in my life that maybe I have taken for granted as an example. Today is a great example. <clears throat> Hopefully, you woke up in a warm home. There were quite a few people that did not. Hopefully, you were on a bed that was somewhat comfortable. While others were living in the streets. Yep, I did not wake up and say, "Thank you, God." Because being content is not just celebrating the obvious wins, the the, the promotion, the the new baby, the you know the those things. The, those are great when they happen, but they're few and far between. Being content. Is on Tuesday When you're at your job That you might not love And you're Or you're rushing The kids around To a hundred different things But being content In that moment of saying Thank you God For this mundane Blessing So Here's what I want you to do um, take out your phones. Let's get, we're going to use these evil devices for good. <clears throat> if you have a phone on you, if you're watching online, go ahead and take your phone out. Go to the calendar app or however you set your life up. At Tuesday at 10 a.m., make an appointment. And have that appointment be just five minutes or ten minutes with God. And we don't need to do some big lofty prayer. But I want you in that moment, wherever you are, Tuesday at 10 a.m. To look around you and find the blessing at that exact moment. And if, if things are kind of going crazy all around you, clothing. Clothing. A, a car that functions. That find a, a, that heating vent. Is there are people all around the world that, that do not get to have this. And if we can take those opportunities and say, God, thank you for giving this to me, that's the secret. Not, not in finding the blessings, the secret is in knowing who gave it to you. Who? He did. And it's not in the, the the acquiring of possessions or relationships or, or it's not in those things. It is in the God who is the source of those things. So let's start at the beginning. In your mind, or maybe maybe write it down. What's something that you have right now that you dreamed about as a child? That maybe you haven't thought of. Something that you take for granted. Maybe it's a job that you get to go to tomorrow. Maybe you don't love it, but that job provides you the opportunity to raise a family. or when i go home and i know i'm going to forget i pull up to my garage and i hit the button cuz i had to disconnect it this morning to get out and the push the button is not going to do anything and in that moment i'm going to go mm. the one time i need you to work when it's freezing and i don't want to get out of the car you refuse to work or i can look at that situation and say this is annoying god thank you for this house not i wish it was better no hold on think of the think of eight-year-old you who would look forward 20 30 years say you have that i just wanted to get out of this room with my brother you have, I think, like if you could talk to them, yeah, I, I have a car. I, I have a, a job and a career. I have, we have a family. That's the secret. Because those are fleeting. You might lose that job. You might lose that house, but you will not lose the God that gave it to you. He will not fail. The point is, we place our hope in the God, not in the things. And that's something that we need to lose. We need to lose our constant need of more and better things that we think will provide us security. Now, I'm not saying we're going to go full Amish. Okay? I like the phone. It's nice. I like the car. I wouldn't want to... Be in a buggy today. But that's not the point. It's recognizing the God that I worship that has blessed me with that. And that's where I find contentment. Amen. The worship team is going to come up and we're going to celebrate communion together as a family. Um, The way that we do this here at Eastridge is we gather around the table. You're going to come up and you're going to take the elements. You're going to take them back to your seats. We'll take them together as a family. Let's pray. God, I just thank you. Um, in this quiet Sunday morning, hold, that we get to worship you without fear, without fear of persecution, without Uh, with accessible Bibles. We get to shake hands of our loved ones and friends here in this community. And now we get to celebrate communion together. God, we seek your face this morning. And if there's things we have taken for granted that you have blessed us with, may you reveal them to us. May we say thank you to the one who has provided. In your name we pray.